Chapter Five, Part Two, of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant, translator unknown. Chapter Five. The First Intrigue Part Two. He was somewhat nervous the following day as he ascended Madame de Marelle's staircase. How would she receive him? Suppose she forbade him to enter her house? If she had told, but no, she could not tell anything without telling the whole truth he was master of the situation the little maid-servant opened the door she was as pleasant as usual duroy felt reassured and asked is madame well yes sir as well as she always is was the reply and he was ushered into the salon he walked to the mantelpiece to see what kind of an appearance he presented he was readjusting his cravat when he saw in the mirror the young woman standing on the threshold looking at him he pretended not to have seen her and for several moments they gazed at one another in the mirror then he turned she had not moved she seemed to be waiting he rushed towards her crying how i love you he clasped her to his breast he thought it is easier than i thought it would be all is well he looked at her with a smile without uttering a word trying to put into his glance a wealth of love she too smiled and murmured we are alone i sent lorine to lunch with a friend he sighed and kissing her wrist said thanks i adore you she took his arm as if he had been her husband and led him to a couch upon which they seated themselves side by side duroy stammered incoherently you do not care for me she laid her hand upon his lips be silent how i love you said he she repeated be silent they could hear the servant laying the table in the dining-room he rose i cannot sit so near you i shall lose my head the door opened madame is served he offered her his arm gravely they lunched without knowing what they were eating the servant came and went without seeming to notice anything when the meal was finished they returned to the drawing-room and resumed their seats on the couch side by side gradually he drew nearer her and tried to embrace her be careful someone might come in he whispered 
when can i see you alone to tell you how i love you she leaned towards him and said softly i will pay you a visit one of these days he coloured my rooms are, are very modest she smiled that makes no difference i shall come to see you and not your rooms he urged her to tell him when she would come she fixed a day in the following week while he besought her with glowing eyes to hasten the day she was amused to see him implore so ardently and yielded a day at a time he repeated to-morrow say to-morrow finally she consented yes to-morrow at five o'clock he drew a deep breath then they chatted together as calmly as if they had known one another for twenty years a ring caused them to start they separated she murmured it is lorine the child entered paused in surprise then ran towards duroy clapping her hands delighted to see him and crying ah bel ami madame de marelle laughed bel ami lorraine has christened you it is a pretty name i shall call you bel ami too he took the child upon his knee at twenty minutes of three he rose to go to the office at the half-open door he whispered to-morrow five o'clock the young woman replied yes with a smile and disappeared after he had finished his journalistic work he tried to render his apartments more fit to receive his expected visitor he was well satisfied with the results of his efforts and retired lulled to rest by the whistling of the trains early the next morning he bought a cake and a bottle of madeira he spread the collation on his dressing-table which was covered with a napkin then he waited she came at a quarter past five and exclaimed as she entered why it is nice here but there were a great many people on the stairs he took her in his arms and kissed her hair an hour and a half later he escorted her to a cab-stand on the rue de rome when she was seated in the cab he whispered tuesday at the same hour she repeated his words and as it was night she kissed him then as the cabman started up his horse she cried adieu bel ami and the old coupe rumbled off for three weeks duroy received madame de marelle every two or three days sometimes in the morning sometimes in the evening as he was awaiting her one afternoon a noise on the staircase drew him to his door a child screamed 
a man's angry voice cried what is the brat howling about a woman's voice replied nicola has been tripped up on the landing-place by the journalist's sweetheart duroy retreated for he heard the rustling of skirts soon there was a knock at his door which he opened and madame de marelle rushed in crying did you hear georges feigned ignorance of the matter no what how they insulted me who those miserable people below why no what is it tell me she sobbed and could not speak he was forced to place her upon his bed and to lay a damp cloth upon her temples when she grew calmer anger succeeded her agitation she wanted duroy to go downstairs at once to fight them to kill them he replied they are working people just think it would be necessary to go to court where you would be recognized one must not compromise oneself with such people she said what shall we do i cannot come here again he replied that is very simple i will move she murmured yes but that will take some time suddenly she said listen to me i have found a means do not worry about it i will send you a little blue to-morrow morning she called a telegram a little blue she smiled with delight at her plans which she would not reveal she was however very much affected as she descended the staircase and leaned with all her strength upon her lover's arm they met no one he was still in bed the following morning when the promised telegram was handed him duroy opened it and read come at five o'clock to rue de constantinople number one two seven ask for the room rented by madame duroy clou at five o'clock precisely he entered a large furnished house and asked the janitor has madame duroy hired a room here yes sir will you show it to me if you please the man accustomed no doubt to situations in which it was necessary to be prudent looked him straight in the eyes then selecting a key he asked are you monsieur duroy certainly he opened a small suite comprising two rooms on the ground floor duroy thought uneasily this will cost a fortune i shall have to run into debt she has done a very foolish thing the door opened and clotilde rushed in she was enchanted is it not fine there are no stairs to climb it is on the ground floor one could come and go through the window without the porter seeing one he embraced her nervously 
not daring to ask the question that hovered upon his lips she had placed a large package on the stand in the centre of the room opening it she took out a tablet of soap a bottle of lubin's extract a sponge a box of hairpins a button-hook and curling tongs then she amused herself by finding places in which to put them she talked incessantly as she opened the drawers i must bring some linen in order to have a change we shall each have a key besides the one at the lodge in case we should forget ours i rented the apartments for three months in your name of course for i could not give mine then he asked will you tell me when to pay she replied simply it is paid my dear he made a pretence of being angry i cannot permit that she laid her hand upon his shoulder and said in a supplicatory tone georges it will give me pleasure to have the nest mine say that you do not care dear georges and he yielded when she had left him he murmured she is kind-hearted anyway several days later he received a telegram which read my husband is coming home this evening we shall therefore not meet for a week what a bore my dearest your clue duroy was startled he had not realized the fact that madame de marelle was married he impatiently awaited her husband's departure one morning he received the following telegram five o'clock clou when they met she rushed into his arms kissed him passionately and asked after a while will you take me to dine certainly my darling wherever you wish to go i should like to go to some restaurant frequented by the working classes they repaired to a wine merchant's where meals were also served clotilde's entrance caused a sensation on account of the elegance of her dress they partook of a ragout of mutton and left that place to enter a ballroom in which she pressed more closely to his side in fifteen minutes her curiosity was satisfied and he conducted her home then followed a series of visits to all sorts of places of amusement duroy soon began to tire of these expeditions for he had exhausted all his resources and all means of obtaining money in addition to that he owed forestier a hundred francs jacques rival three hundred and he was hampered with innumerable petty debts ranging from twenty francs to one hundred sous end of chapter five part two Recording by Martin Giessen, 
in Hazelmere, Surrey.